start with the, the simplest practices of document your build procedures. Right? So have the build procedure documented, go over it, review it, see if there are any places where you are not sure about what you're bringing into your build. Welcome to the DevSec for Scale podcast, the show that makes security a first-class citizen for growing companies. My name is Jeremy Hest, Head of Developer Relations at Aquilus, the secrets management SaaS platform. This interview podcast brings security experts and practitioners together to offer practical and actionable ways for small and growing companies to implement security best practices using shift left principles without interrupting developer life cycles. Welcome back, everybody, to the DevSec for Scale podcast. With me today is a fantastic guest and a friend of mine. His name is Ant Weiss. He is a software delivery futurist. I think that Ooh. name was I think that name was self-given, right? Um, and he's the founder of a DevOps consulting company called Automato Software. And uh, so before, Ant, we get into a little bit more about you and uh, what it means to be a futurist, uh, let's get right into it. As a, as a DevOps consultant for many years, um, as we know you are, what do you see as the biggest supply chain threat when it comes to shipping code? Oh, first of all, hello. Thanks, Jeremy, for uh, hosting me. It's been a while, actually, since I've been a guest on a podcast. Usually, I host folks. I'm also a podcast host. So my podcast is called DevOps Shorts, and it's all about DevOps, devs, ops, other mythical creatures. <laughs> uh, so check that out. Uh, but anyway, it's it's fun. Thank, thanks for inviting me. And uh, hello to everyone. So. Uh, the most significant uh, threat uh, security-wise is always people, you know? Uh, that, that's like, when we talk about DevOps, you know, you said I'm a DevOps consultant, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, DevOps uh, is a people problem. DevOps is solving a people problem, right? So DevOps, is there DevOps is not about you know automating stuff. It is about automating stuff, but first and foremost, it's about collaboration. It's about how folks from different parts of the company, from different functions in the company, how they work together, how to help them us work together in a better, more harmonic, uh, more pleasant way. So back to security, what's the biggest threat? Well, the biggest threat for security is always people. So first of all, of course, those people who want to break in, and then those people who are supposed to keep those bad actors from breaking in. Okay, and uh, trouble is, okay, we, we, right, we don't, probably still don't have the correct security infrastructure for the ever-changing technologies that we have to work with today, right? The technologies are changing fast, blazingly fast. And uh, it's very hard for the security tools, for the security techniques, practices to, to catch on. Uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I'm I'm not a security professional, but a couple of years ago, when the cloud native technology 
specifically containers started to be used all around, I found myself teaching security professionals about containers because they were realizing that here's a totally new model of software delivery and the security practices that they used to work with up until now changed. <laughs> changed and yeah, and they can't use the same stuff that they were using up until then for the containers because they don't understand this new tech. Okay, so uh, yeah, back to where I started. Uh, the tooling is slowly catching up. It's always in that catch-up game. But even when the tooling is there, so you know, for now there's this great initiative of SIGSTOR and all of the tools they're developing, and there are other initiatives, but uh, the tooling is still not mature enough. It's still very hard to integrate. You still need folks in the know, folks who understand not only the tooling and not only the tooling that it was made for, but also the security practices and the security uh, concepts that this new tooling is based upon in order to integrate this correctly, in order to just have it in place, you know? And it's, let's, let's be sincere and frank here. It's not the first concern that uh, comes to mind when you start building out your software delivery pipeline. Absolutely, for sure. We could talk a little bit more about that. And, but before we get there, let's talk a little bit about you. Why don't you give us, give us you know, a quick introduction, who you are, what it means you know, to be a futurist, and a little bit about your company. Yes, yeah, so uh, I started uh, Automato about eight years ago. So uh, actually, I started by uh, moonshining. I was still working uh, as a head of DevOps at a startup. Moonlighting. But, uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Moonlighting. Yeah. Moon, moonshi moonshine, moonshine is alcohol. Is, is well, it's also fun, but it's, it's, it's also different. fun. <laughs> So, right. Yeah, that's what I meant. So I started by moonlighting. Basically, I was still working as a, a head of DevOps at a startup, but uh, I always had this dream of uh, taking the, the leap and uh, going out on my own and starting something, a company, a business, building a product, which I still have to do, right? And um uh, I started by consulting on the side a little bit here and there. This was eight years ago, so I already had uh, about uh, 12, 13 years of uh, industry practice. Uh, and uh, th that's how it started. But then I realized that the uh, demand for DevOps is growing all the time. And uh, things that I know uh, can help lots of companies out there and not only the company that I was working at at the time. And uh, I started building this out. First as a solopreneur, then uh, folks started joining me. There's Alex Chappelle, who is, uh, has been my partner for the last couple of years. And then we started bringing uh, junior engineers on board and teaching. So we do consulting and we also do technical training. It's a big part of what we do because we deeply believe in knowledge sharing. We think that uh, knowledge isn't really worth anything unless you share it with the community. Uh, so it's a very DevOps type of culture. 
exactly of, of, yeah devops open source it's all yeah. in, intermixed so so we use open source technologies we learn open source technology and then we teach open source technologies uh, we've been teaching you know things starting from linux and, and basics like git and bash scripting and up to cloud native technologies that we've been implementing for our customers and teaching and uh, security for cloud native technologies is also becoming part of that landscape okay we're not again i think i think it's very important to make this separation we're not security professionals security is starting to play the ever bigger role in what we do because the the awareness has greatly improved and because uh, the tooling has uh, improved and it's becoming actually easier to to do this shift left that we're all uh, always talking about to integrate that in your supply chain but still you know it's it's a i see and the, that and the hacks are becoming bigger <laughs> exactly exactly so it's always that catch-up game with yeah. the bad actors and you know <laughs> there is no code that can be broken by the way it's taking us back to what was the biggest threat of any uh, for, for any supply chain yeah i was Talking about people, it, it always brings to mind the the whole story with the, the cracking of Enigma, you know, the Turing's uh, machine sure. that was meant for that, and uh, that is considered one of the earliest uh, uses of computer technology. Basically, the 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 foundation of what we do with computers today, and it was meant to break the German security in World War II and the, the backdoor into that, into breaking that technology, into breaking that encryption, of course, was humans not following the operation procedures <laughs> that they were supposed to follow. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, great. Uh, now let's get back into some more questions. Uh, so let's start off with uh, a personal question. Do you think, is there a story or anything that you can share with us about an experience that you had dealing with some sort of supply chain attack? Yeah, actually we've had a number of stories from the simplest and most stupidest ones. So uh, a junior engineer uh, was uh, performing a, a task it was it wasn't even a production test it was something like a, a test we've given them so uh, an assignment a home assignment and uh, they inadvertently uh, pushed the aws access keys to a public git repo realized that that's what happened five minutes after that and tried to erase that but it was too late oh maybe they, yeah. they they made the repository private but it was too late because that even less than five minutes that was enough for somebody to discover those keys but uh, uh, the engineer it was late at night so the engineer thought that it was okay because they turned it to a private repository very very quickly but the next morning i woke up to a fifteen thousand uh, dollars aws bill 
<laughs> yeah, apparently there are there crypto are crypto miners were running tons around. of miners. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> tons of those automated programs running, always searching for some sort of password, some sort of credential to leak. Wow. Well, you said you had multiple stories. What else? Yeah, but so that, that was like you know a, a very simple but a very traumatic experience uh, with uh, one of our. Uh, bigger customers we had a much more interesting story with one of the open source uh, packages that they were using uh, being replaced by a totally similar package that had one of its dependencies tampered with and so when it was getting installed it brought with it an unwelcome guest some malicious so, software, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. We did discover that actually. So we did discover. So we we found that uh, the package that was resulting from that was suddenly significantly larger than uh, we expected it to be, and uh, there were no code changes that would that were supposed to to lead to that. So we did discover that pretty early mostly by luck. So we didn't have any you know, automated procedure comparing the sizes of the packages, but uh, we were just browsing for packages and suddenly noticed that uh, I think it was a Docker image that the newer Docker image was significantly larger than the previous ones. And uh, okay, that, that, that was the happy ending. Then. <laughs> <laughs> that, I guess that's a happy ending if you found it before it went into production. Um, so, uh, how can devs, how do you think devs at smaller companies, especially talking about open source software, uh, how can they keep their systems, you know, secure from supply chain attacks? I know it's not never going to be perfect, but what are some ways that at least um, smaller companies, growing companies can can already start now? Welcome my my other guest. Oh. It's a him or her? It's a, it's a, it's a her. <laughs> okay, hello there. I have two of those back at home, uh, but I locked the door so they cannot come in. Uh, it was supposed to happen, but my, my security is apparently penetrable also. So, <laughs> so what, uh, how okay. do you think devs, like I said, devs at smaller companies, how do you think they, you know, using open, specifically in regards to open source software, of course, we've been hearing a lot about NPM packages, you know, with malicious code lately and all that. So how do you think they can, you know, what, what can they, implement now to already uh, secure their supply chains? Well, first of all, uh, there is the SLSA, the, the newly uh, published uh, uh, concepts, or uh, what do they call it? The security levels for software architects. So that's, that's just worth looking at, you know, start with the, the simplest practices of document your build procedures. <laughs> Right. So have the build procedure documented, go over it, review it, see if there are any places where you are not sure about what you're bringing into your build. Okay, uh, make sure your pipeline is hermetic. So don't pull packages directly from the internet. Uh, have a proxy repository that you go through. That's also not too hard. There are open source tech for, for that. So you don't, you don't have to buy JFrog. You can use right. self-hosted Nexus for that. And uh, that also allows you to have proxies. Of course, as a next step, and that, that becomes harder, 
have some scanning for that proxy repository that scans all of the packages that uh, get there whenever they're updated. Uh, but for that, you'll probably need somebody who would take care of that and, uh, you know, yeah, we, support, we just support these procedures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, code scanners. So code scanners, we, we have uh, uh, free open source code scanners, uh, Docker uh, image scanners. And uh, I, I'm not taking it further, you know, I'm not saying sign your software artifacts. I realize right. that is, even though, you know, the practices are there. So uh, I haven't seen it used almost anywhere, but, you know, the Docker image signing has been out there for ages. And all you need to do in order to enable Docker image signing, you just, you know, set an environment variable. But uh, how many Absolutely. organizations out there do that? <laughs> right, right. And going into the following that up, you know, what I, this is a question that I've had is, is you know, because we're dealing with all these packages that are open source and we don't necessarily know what's going on. It, should we generally trust suppliers, um, you know, of these types of packages? Uh, and how should we deal with using their software if this is, you know, if there are just consequences like this? Uh, or is it a zero trust type of thing? I know zero trust is an overused term sometimes, yeah. but uh, yeah. The thing is this, uh, trust is uh, very um, personal. So, you know, I would say, yeah, sure, trust people. Somebody else would say, no, don't trust anyone. Somebody else will say, trust those folks who have proven that they can be trusted and that's okay. Uh, I actually have, have no, it's, it's, there's no one answer. Um, what I would say, no, I suppose, uh, don't trust because you don't know who suppliers are because what, what are the chances that you, you can know each and every supplier and what is happening in their lives and if they're hostages to a terrorist organization today, uh, we have no idea, right? So we can trust people, but we don't know what's happening with them. And uh, even the most trustable person can uh, become at all freak because they're scared, because uh, they're angry, because, uh, I don't know, uh, their cat just uh, scratched them. <laughs> Okay. A lot, a lot of different reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so we, we all get crazy sometimes and that's something to, to take into account. So it's, it's good to have automated procedures in place that would make sure that, uh, uh, that you don't have, that you don't have to trust that you can verify. Exactly. Exactly. Have robots to, to verify whatever you do because we humans are unreliable and that's, that's the beauty of us being human. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, one of the questions that, uh, that I like to ask um, all my guests to wrap up our podcast is, can you give us one or two tips uh, for some simple steps that, uh, you know, developers can take today to generally secure their code um, and their work without taking too much time away from their daily cycles? 
Uh, well, use uh, free open source code scanners. Um, and uh, make these security practices, you're saying not, not taking too much time. It's like, uh, the thing is, when we're only focused on building and making, and that's actually the fun in what we do, right? We always acquire technical debt. And we need that technical debt to go further to get to that future that uh, I love so much, right? But uh, the debt keeps accumulating and then at a certain point it becomes too heavy a burden and that becomes uh, the roadblock on the way to future. <laughs> so in the same way that uh, we tell folks to leave some time to pay off the technical debt, in the same way we need to leave some time to pay off security debt. Okay, so have code scanners in place, that's easy. They're free, they're open source. You know, it just takes uh, about 15 minutes to add them into your software delivery pipeline. You don't necessarily need to look at their results each and every build, but uh, if once a week you go and look at that report and uh, you just give yourself some time to look at what it says and maybe decide to take care of some of the severest vulnerabilities found, then you're already in a better place. Absolutely. Great. All right. Some uh, fantastic uh, tips and a, a great uh, episode. Learned a lot. Uh, really uh, interesting stuff. So, Ant, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I'm sure that we will hear back from you again in the future. Uh, and we might have to have you on uh, for a future meetup as well at some point. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, so thanks so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it and have a really good one. Thanks. Thanks, Jeremy. It was fun. And yeah, hopefully we'll talk again soon. Sounds good. Around.